Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Welcome back to Thriving in a Post-COVID World. This is a day of sessions to equip us in our businesses and our careers. Now, our first session, just in case you missed it, and even if you didn't, it's just a recap, was on biblical finances. And we were left with five points. The first one is commit your finances to God. The second one, ask God for your wealth creating strategy. That's your own bespoke plan for your wealth creation. The third one, apply diligence and be patient. The fourth one, God will divinely orchestrate destiny helpers for you from the most unlikely places. And the fifth point that we left with was trust God to exceed your financial expectations and bless you beyond measure. So you can see that it's not just about what we want God to do or what God will do, but we also have a part to play. Now, we're going to go into the next session, which is on career transitions, but just to let you know that we have a question and answer segment after each session. If you have any questions, please put them in the chat box or send them directly to me and we will address them during the question and answer session. So we're going into career transitions, which is going to be taken by Temidayo Olushola and Kofu Balogu. I'll just tell you a little bit about our facilitators for the next session. Temi is a highly experienced HR practitioner with a complete understanding of strategic business approaches and employee relations principles. She's a champion of people development and enabler of HR best practice and has over 15 years experience in recruitment and HR. She is currently the HR director for Westminster Abbey, which is the Royal Church, where she's also the first black member of college, a prestigious ceremonial role that has seen her meet the Queen of England and other members of the Royal family on numerous occasions. Timmy is passionate about young people and women fulfilling their God-given potential. She's a Christian mentor and a careers coach. And she'll be supported by Kofo, who is a dynamic HR practitioner with over 15 years experience. She's currently the head of HR for four not-for-profit organizations, and she has proven success in creating cultures of collaboration and implementing change to achieve workforce excellence. Kofu possesses experience in several aspects of human resources, including recruitment, employee relations, employee training, incentives, benefits, and payroll. She has a BA in business administration and a master's degree in human resource management. So as you can see, you are definitely in the right hands. Temi D and Kofo, over to you. Good morning. Thank you so much. That was a very lovely introduction. <laughs> so as you know, we are discussing uh, thriving in a post-COVID world. And if anyone doesn't know what COVID is, uh, where have you been for the last uh, 12 months, 13 months? We won't talk so much about COVID. I really want to focus today on career transition. Okay, so I found this quote and I loved it. It says, and I'll read, the place God called you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I hope that makes sense and everyone can take that in. So whatever your deep gladness, whatever makes you happy, glad, joyful, excited, happy, whatever gets you up in the morning and where the world's deep hunger meet, 
is the place God has called you to be. And if you don't know, the world is hungry, hungry for ideas, for creativity, for products, for services. There are so many things that the world is hungry for, and it has to be fed by you or I. So before we go into it, please, I want you to take two minutes, even less than that, maybe a minute, to think about where you're really meant to be. Where do you think that you are meant to be? If money wasn't an option, what would you be doing? If you didn't have family that depended on you and you could do as you please, what would you be doing? Uh, if you weren't in the location and the environment that you are now, what would you be doing? If you didn't have the background and then that you, you, know, you had growing up, what would you be doing? So take two minutes just to think about that. I'm not gonna ask anybody because <laughs> I know that it might be personal. Um, but but just spend time to really think about um, where you, you really think you're supposed to be. You know, we often don't get time to reflect. Um, we're always too busy. We have about a minute left to just think about if I didn't need that 2000 that came in my account every month. What would I be doing if I didn't need to pay rent my mortgage? What would I be doing if you had a different degree than you than you do? If you had gone to uni, maybe if you didn't go to uni, what's that one thing that gets you up in the morning that you do with ease? Maybe you have a gifting, maybe you have some sort of talent in that thing. If that thing gave you all the joy in the world and satisfied your all, every need, what would you be doing? And I just want you to think about that as we go through the session today. Think about that one thing, maybe two things, <laughs> but try and be specific. Think about that one thing throughout the whole session today um, and for the rest of the week and for the rest of the year. And I dare I say to you, don't stop thinking about that thing until you achieve it. So hopefully today you will find out what career transition is, who can do it, is it for a specific type of person? How does it work? How do you go from having this idea in your head to it actually being reality? Where can you transition, transition to? Some people think that it's you, there's certain limitations on that. So we'll talk about that. And when can you transition? Is there an appropriate time? So hopefully we'll answer all of those questions today in some format. Um, and again, if you have any questions, please do write them in the chat box um, and save them to the end and we will answer them for you. So, <clears throat> okay, I can't see everyone on my screen, uh, but hopefully uh, Auntie T will help me just to do a bit of an icebreaker and wake everybody up. Because um, if you don't like sleeping, you need to be alert for this session. If you have a pet at home, raise your hand. Uh, you can either do that physically if your camera is on or you can do it via the chat. Okay, I see someone's raised their hand. Okay, brilliant. I don't like pets, by the way. My daughter asked me for pets. We're not getting one. Um, if you have a clean driver's license with no points. Ooh. Wow. Oh, you guys are good. Okay, nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you have eight or more siblings 
Don't forget to lower your hand, by the way. So if you have eight or more siblings. What? Oh, wow. Oh, this is, this is a lot. I thought there'd be nobody. Wow, okay. Okay, brilliant. Um, I won't go through all of them, just for time. If you've been knighted by the queen, come on, I want to meet you. What are you doing that I'm not? <gasps> Does someone still have their hand up? What? Are, are these hands raised? Okay, from previous <laughs> questions, okay. So no one's been knighted by the queen. Come on, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> I think someone's playing tricks on me. Okay, someone is. Oh, wow. We amazing. do have one person, yes. That's oh, been amazing. Okay, well, I'll talk to you offline. <laughs> um, if you were born in the month of July, summer baby, anyone? Okay, happy birthday way in advance. <laughs> okay. And, and if you're a twin, that's the last one, we'll stop there. If you are a twin, so non-identical, identical Irish twin, maybe, I guess. I think Irish twins, if you're born nine months apart, I think. I think that's what they call it. No twins on the line. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Now, there's okay. definitely think... one twin. She's not admitting it. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Maybe she's busy. <laughs> Okay, good. I, I do love the game, just finding out who's who. I'm still shocked by the, the clean driving license. Wow. Okay. Um, and the eight or more siblings was, was interesting. Um, brilliant. Thank you guys for participating. Like I said, I do want this to be a bit um, interactive so you don't hear my voice the whole time. So what is career transition? Um, there is a uh, definition here that I really uh, like. <clears throat> And this person, Louis, 1980, defines career transition as the period during which an individual is changing roles or changing their orientation to a role they already hold. Thus, the term transition suggests both a process of change and the period during which the change is taking place. Simply put, it is what it says, career transition. It's changing what you're doing. So we have some people who have gone from one field to another. They've gone from marketing to finance, career transition. They hate to nursing, career transition. They have gone from working in government and the public sector to working in banking and private sector. Again, another career transition. We've got people who've gone from um, uh, being a teacher, for example, to doing something else completely different. And of course, you've got people who are moving into entrepreneurship, who are doing their own thing and working for themselves and setting things up for themselves. So career transition, there is no limit. It is just you simply deciding, I'm gonna do something different to whatever it is you've been doing, whether you've been doing it for 30 years or for three months. So some facts, and this really, um, this really hit me hard because obviously we've, we've, for many of us, we've been at home or we've been in this, COVID transition uh, for, for some time now. Um, and I've got some stats on here and I, I will be able to share my slides so I won't read everything. But the third one there, 47% of a thousand individuals surveyed by the London Business School wanted to change their career. The impact of COVID made a fifth, so 22% of UK workers realize their current role isn't for them. And for me, that's because a lot of people are home, maybe they're furloughed, 
maybe they have reduced their hours and there is now the time to think about you know why am I doing this why, why am I in this job they suddenly realize that actually that manager is always putting me down why am I here um the first one there says uh, um one in five use their free time in lockdown to search and plan for a career in a new industry. Fantastic. Using the time at home. We've heard of uh, fantastic stories of people learning new languages, learning new things, taking on different courses. Absolutely brilliant. It's quite high, one in five. But I guess my thoughts were what happened to the other four fifths of people um, who did want to change their careers, but didn't use the time at home. So we do have time at the moment, people. Um, uh, and, I, and I hope all of you that want to transition your careers or change are using that time that you have. Just a, a final one there. 66% of the UK workforce wrongly believe they are too old um, to change their careers. There is no age limit on changing your careers at all. There is no age limit on uh, career transition, whether sector or industry job. And for me, you know, this whole COVID period as we were talking about thriving, you know, that for me, the only way to, re to really thrive is to really think about your response. So think about what your response to COVID was. You suddenly found yourself at home, furloughed, suddenly found yourself, uh, you were working full time, now they've asked you to work three days a week. What do you do with your extra time? For some of you, you were suddenly only making dinner, you suddenly found yourself making breakfast, lunch, dinner, and every sort of snack known to man in, the, <laughs> in between. Uh, suddenly found yourself doing fractions and decimals without a calculator for your eight-year-old. Uh, you know, it's your ability to respond. That for me is the word and definition of responsibility. And career transition is your responsibility, not your managers, not your dads, your parents, your siblings, your spouse, your friends, your children. It's your responsibility. And it's simply your ability to respond to what is going around you. So like I said, you want to change your careers. How are you going to respond to your need of changing that career? How will you respond to the fact that you don't really like the industry you're in? You don't feel it's where you're supposed to be. How will you respond to that? It's important that we take that responsibility on for ourselves. We owe it to ourselves and those coming after us to really make sure we're in the right place at the right time and doing what we love. You know, COVID has shown us, unfortunately, that life is way too short and that you can have someone fully able-bodied one minute and unfortunately not with us the next. So it's too short to be doing something that you do not fully enjoy or cannot even understand why you're doing it. And that goes to our earlier point at the beginning. Remember what's you know, the first thing I ask you to think about, please remember what it is you're supposed to be doing as we go through these slides. It's really important. Another way to think about how we respond is how we see things. Everyone, I'm sure, has seen this. All those boring training courses that they've sent you on at work or when you were doing a course, you've always seen this. Um, how do we respond to the glass, to life? Half full, half empty. 
And, you know, I'll go as far as saying, if you see the glass as half empty, you will find career transition very difficult. You will find it challenging unnecessarily because it just goes back to your response and your outlook on things. Okay, so for example, you are currently a teacher, but you want to own your own baking company. You like baking, you bake in your spare time and you want to bake. If you see that transition and the distance to doing that as you know, not part of your reality, as too difficult, as too challenging, if you start to think about everything that could go wrong, how do you even go about finding a store? How do you get the proper licenses to cook food? Where would you bake the food, you know, bake the, the, the cupcakes? Are you allowed to do it at your home? If you think about everything that's wrong with your transition and your where it is you want to be, you know, it means that your, your outlook on it isn't positive. It means that you've already shot yourself in the foot. You know, because we're in an age at the moment where there is ample, ample, ample information. I think um, someone said it earlier, you know, ignorance is just not... It, it's, it's, not, it's not a 21st century word. There is no room for ignorance in 2021. Uh, Google is your friend, as I always tell my mom. <laughs> you know, there is ample things out there, information uh, that you can get. And I hope today's session really encourages you to start that. So it's important, how we respond is really important, either to our current situation, to the thoughts in our head, the ideas, and of course, to where it is we want to get to. We have to have a sense of positivity, uh, I can do it, motivating yourself, encouragement, etc. If we're even going to start even thinking about where it is we want to be. And, you know, we spoke about it earlier um, uh, with regards to our new normal. You know, I mentioned COVID before. You know, COVID is literally every sentence at the moment. <laughs> you know, and that has really changed our workforce. It's really changed any sort of industry or area. I don't know what, any industry that's not been affected positively or negatively by COVID. Um, we were already moving towards a global workforce. We are a global workforce. You know, we were in the EU before, we were trading with lots of countries and although we're not in the EU, of course, trade is still massive. Um, you know, the, the, where your sofa is made from, where your TV comes from in your home, the paint on your walls, where it's actually produced, etc. We, we are already in a global workforce and COVID has made um, that even more impactful. We're in a diverse workforce. We are now working with people we never thought we would work with before. Again, regardless of industry or sector. There are five generations. Um, I work in an organization where someone in that organization has been working there uh, older than I am. Does that make sense? They've been there longer than I've been alive. <laughs> you know, uh, you were finding, uh, working with younger people. You know, I, I interviewed someone who was 19 the other day. So imagine someone who's 19 and someone who's in their 70s are working in the same organization. So there are definitely skills that we have to learn and a way we have to adapt ourselves to working in this new normal. It is completely about navigating through restrictions. There are so many restrictions, but there's no point using rest the restriction as an excuse anymore. What people want to find out, companies, employers, they want to find out how will you navigate through this? How will you solve this problem? We already know there's lots of problems. We don't want anyone telling us what the problems are. We want solutions. And you'll find that in all job descriptions at the moment, a lot of things around 
problem solving skills, etc. You know, we have to keep safe now. You know, we have to keep ourselves safe. We have a public duty to keep others safe around us. Location. <laughs> Before location was, oh, what office building are you at? Are you in the office building in London or are you in uh, Birmingham? It's not about office building. Now it's about what bedroom are you in? Are you in the living room or are you downstairs? Are you in the hallway? I remember taking a meeting on my stairs. <laughs> Um, so it's about finding now, it's about finding the most conducive way that you can really be in your sort of from home. People and industries that still go to work. Again, it's finding the best way that you can transport yourself to work. You know, do you want to start cycling more now rather than taking the train? You know, words you will now hear if you haven't heard these words already, because they were in place before COVID, but there are now more, there are now a lot more highlighted um, resilience flexibility, agile working. We've all heard of remote, remote working, working from home. Everyone's been doing that before COVID. Now it's agile working um, or permanent working from home. You know, maybe it was one day a week. Now it's five days a week working from home. And the balance that you as an individual have to navigate between when you shut down your computer, um, you know, well, what's it called? Well-being and work-life balance and really trying to get a hold of that. That is something I've had to learn all over again. Uh, digital transformation and automation and constant change is normal so if you're someone who has not liked change before for good reasons or whatever you now have to get used to change it is the only constant now it will change you know we, the government's given us a roadmap and it it's even I forget I'm forgetting the the dates in between I think there's one there's something's happened on the 12th of April then something's happened on 17th of May then 21st of June and it could all change we have to get used to change and we must also get used to learning. So if you're someone who did your school uh, kind of uh, A-levels, GCSEs, O-levels, maybe you went to uni, maybe you did a HND or something like that, and you haven't done anything since, you now have to learn. You owe it to yourself now to continuously ensure that you are learning and that you are understanding everything that is going on. Um, and whether you're reading a blog, reading, you know, you're reading a, um, uh, some sort of um, online post or something, you need to get that information and that constant learning so you're able to be effective in whatever career that you want to transition into. So who can do, who can do it? I've mentioned some examples, you know, people leaving one industry and going to another, people going from uh, being a teacher, opening up their own bakery, entrepreneurship, Anyone can do it, anybody. Whether you've been in the same career for 30 years, whether you've been a stay-at-home parent for 12 years, you know, I hear that a lot. Oh, I've been at home, there's no way, what am I gonna do now? I haven't learned any skills. The skills you learn at home are second to none. So if we do have any parents on the call who've been at home and now thinking, should I go into entrepreneurship? Should I get out my CV from 12 years ago and dust? The dust off the paper should I um what should I do now it is absolutely okay you can do it you can I can we all can it's 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 there's no limit and I think the limit there is the limit that we place on ourselves it's your limiting barriers that you have you've put around you maybe someone else has said something oh you, really you want to go for a job you've been at home for 12 years do you even know what an office looks like you absolutely can do it 
as long as you research. People that have been at home have been multitasking. They have been juggling, problem solving. So all the things that you would expect someone in the office to have the same skills, someone at home or who has been a home parent also has those skills. There are no barriers. And I'm sure I'll, I'll take some questions um, on, on that because people really do think that or oh, career transition is only for a select few, but it's not, which is why I always say, keep the picture in mind of where it is that you want to be. And all you need to do is figure out the best route to get there. Okay, so we're going to have a breakout session now because I want um, as many of you to participate and stop listening to my voice for a bit. In terms of career transition, how does it work? There are four stages, explore, envision, prepare and go. And what I'd like you to do in your groups, um, so you'll be automatically put in these groups, there's nothing that you need to do. But what I want you to do is to discuss with your groups what you think each of those um, sessions uh, entails. So when it comes to exploring, what do you think that means? What exactly are you exploring? When it comes to envisioning, again, what, does, what, what is entailed in that? When it comes to preparing, what are you doing? And in the last one, go, what does that mean? Go where? So if my tech support is ready, can I just add that um, there won't be yes. facilitators in the room, so we'll, you'd have to kind of facilitate them yourselves, um, just so you know, so that you don't have to be waiting for anyone in particular. This is a group discussion. Thank you. Okay. I think everyone is back, Timothy. Right, everyone is back. Okay, so can we have one or two people just to share what they thought was... Um, included in each of these stages. Anthony, can you help me if anyone's got their hand up? Which I randomly pick. <laughs> so we just want to hear from you and your group what you felt. You don't have to go through all the stages, but okay. I think that's Toy. if you can, someone can unmute her. Oh, yeah. okay. There's quite a few, so. Has she got her hand up? Yeah, hi. Oh, yes, oh. I did <laughs> have my hand up. Actually, I, wanted to, I think I, I wanted to nominate Goziem. She was in um, uh, my breakouts group and she made a really interesting point. I don't know if she'll oh. be comfortable sharing Oh, There's a very do. fascinating perspective on a career change, which I would love her to share with everybody else, just looking at things from a different point. So, Goziem, are you happy to go ahead and share that? Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, not a problem. I just said I had a light bulb moment in one of your slides, and it was where you said that career transition is not just about moving from one role to another, like another one career to another, or moving from one role in an organization to another, another organization. But that if, even in the role that you're doing, you can be transitioning in your career. And I had Absolutely. never seen it that way. I always thought I had to be going somewhere else and you know, um, to be career transitioning. But what mm -hmm. I, I did say in my group, well, my breakout session was that for me, I just realized that I have been career transitioning because I'm in the same role, but I decided that I wanted more responsibility. I wanted more things to do. 
uh, I felt I had more that I could do. So instead of waiting for looking for a role in the organization that was fitting, I just decided to take on more responsibility and ask for more responsibility Amazing. to build capacity and to show that I had more that I could do. And thank God my organization saw that, you know, felt fine, okay, if you want to. And my MD seemed to be interested in, in doing that. And so he gave me more responsibility and I'm finding that I am growing in that, in confidence and in doing things that I otherwise would not have done in my, my role. But then I am transitioning from what I was um, to doing more. I don't know how to put it uh, without giving out what I do, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but, but transitioning from just being um, this particular role to actually doing more in that mm. role. And that has been my transition in this period. So it's like building more capacity, doing more. And I'm even amazed at that I can do it that, you know, even though sometimes it becomes, it becomes challenging and I have to go and read and study and say, okay, yeah. this thing that I, I have thrown myself out to do, let yeah. me show that I can do it. And thank God each time it seems to, you know, work for, for example, training people from different countries. I didn't think I could do it, um, but there I was talking to people from East Africa, West Africa, and I'm thinking, oh goodness me, I did it, you know, and I was amazing. I was amazed at that. I, so I'm just saying that transitioning is not just about going from looking for a role outside or looking Absolutely. for another thing to do, but even in the role you're doing, how can you do more? That's Absolutely. No, that was brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, Before we move on, Timidi, there's always there was a land raid that had their hand up and I don't know if that person still wants to share before you move on okay please do yeah. there was only one other person so I just thought do we have value okay. in that brilliant so Larry, Thank you, that was lovely thank you okay um when we looked at the explore we talked about um exploring the route to transition and mm -hmm. then exploring the different industries you can transition into and then okay. we talked about um, envisioning seeing yourself in that position Absolutely. And preparing, you know, doing the research, getting yourself prepared for the position you want to go into. And we said Fantastic. it was important to look at the reason you want to transition, because, I mean, there are many reasons to transition. And we had somebody in our group that had transitioned to different jobs and is in the process of transition, transition into another one. And she had different yeah. reasons for her transitioning. And then the Fantastic. final one is just do it. <laughs> do it. Yes. Well, Lanray seems to have given us the rest of the slides. So, um, no, on a serious note, that was brilliant. Thank you. Uh, that was exactly what you, we, I, I have put together. So let's see that. So exploring. Uh, thank you, Lanray. Thank you so much for that. Oh, um, I think Pierre has their hand up. Yes. Yeah, please go ahead. Um, oh, this was for envisioning. So, okay, actually. yeah, please. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, there was a point, there was a book that I read by um, uh, a scientist, and she's a Christian called Caroline Leaf, right? And um, I just thought this this point won't go away from me, so I'll just quickly share. It was literally that um, when, in terms of envisioning and just like seeing where you want to go before you actually do it, um, personally, I find that quite important. I'm, I'm quite a doer um in terms of like all right cool that's the idea let's go but um I think envisioning and seeing where you want to go is really important because in her book what she said is that the brain the same part of your brain that you imagine 
stuff with is the same part of your brain that um, you actually do things with. So when you're imagining, wow. it's as powerful as doing. Wow. Um, it, it, like your brain doesn't know the difference. Um, but then I guess it's that balance between making sure that you're imagining properly and then you're also doing because it's Absolutely. really easy to talk. But I just wanted to share. Oh, that's amazing. Um, do you mind putting the name of that book in the chat for everyone? Please? Oh, no worries. No worries. Yeah. Okay. Right, thank you so much. Yeah. Sorry, can I just say something that we discussed in our group as well? There was a lady yes. in our group who thought that the envisioning should come before the exploring. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So that as you go forward, Ooh. maybe you can address that. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, thank you, Pierre. Thank you, Antity. I think, let me explain why I guess I put explore before. Um, but if, I think the first thing to say is there's no set route and rule to this. Some people will be at work, will have an epiphany. I've had people that are at work have an epiphany. That moment they hand in their resignation and they leave. <laughs> there is no exploring, there's no investigating, they just leave. So there is no set rule to this. You know yourselves, um, I guess, is the, is the most important thing. And this is a style, a way um, of doing it that I have found um, as I have uh, transitioned to do um, different things. Um, so we'll come on to that, Antitina, in a minute, in, in terms of that envisage. Explore. You might be the person who's sitting at work thinking, why am I doing this? You sing your lunch break and it was like, why am I? You know, and you start exploring, you start going on Google and you start you know, thinking, what could I do? What is it that I want to do? And you start exploring about that particular industry, that particular course. Sometimes you don't know exactly what you want to do. So it makes the exploring slightly difficult because what, what do you search for? What do you research? What do you investigate? I would therefore start with you. What are the things that you like? Write down the things you like, write down the things you don't like. What makes you alive in the morning? What makes you want to get up in the morning? What do you put, pull the covers over your head or, um, over in the mornings? Um, what is the why? Someone mentioned the why, you know, why do you want the career change? Why do you suddenly want to own your own business? You know, we've spoken about career transition into other sectors and businesses and different parts of your current organization. But some people say, you know what? I've been working for 30 years. Now I want to be a stay at home parent. That is also a, a career transition. Um, so the why is really important because it's the why that will keep you there when things don't go necessarily the way you expected them to go after you made a plan, for example. So the motivation, you know, there are lots of, I think they call them personality tests. You know, try to figure yourself out. What are the things that you're really good at? You know, are you, you, you might be a really good problem solver, but you never knew that that was the term coined with what your skills are, you know, so trying to find out what your skills are um, the personality tests are great for that. They are not always 100%, you know, they're just tests at the end of the day. But they give you a picture, and one that I really like is called DISC, DISC profiling, D-I-S-C. And it's really good, and it is faith-based, um, so it really helps in putting you in a certain category. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't put you in a box. Just because you're a problem solver doesn't mean you're in that box and you should stay there. It gives you, instead of Instead of type, it gives you a trait. So you have a trait of problem solving, you have a trait of motivating, you have a trait of encouraging, you have a trait of emotional intelligence, things like that, rather than putting you as a specific type. Um, so that's why I like DISC profiling, D-I-S-C. Um, and then you might want to research about what it is you want to do, like I said, if you know what it is that you want to do. And also researching the pros and cons. What are the pros and cons about entrepreneurship? Are there any? Maybe there aren't any. 
What are the pros and cons of working in the NHS, working in health and social care? What are the pros and cons about working in banking um, or working in training in HR, finance, whatever that is? Just trying to do your, your research. Um, if there's a particular company you want to work for, do your research on that company. If there's a particular industry, again, doing your research on there. So this for me was why the Explore came first. You may explore and think, actually, maybe I'll wait until 2022 because you've seen things that feel that this demands more of my attention than I'm able to give because clearly honesty is really important with yourself during this process. You might do all the exploring and realize, actually, this is brilliant. Um, I can do this now, so I'm just gonna start. Again, it depends what you find out from your, from your research. Now, I love what um, Pierre said about Envisage and I didn't know that about the brain. I think I've just, literally learned something so amazing about <laughs> myself this this morning um you have to envisage yourself being there and just like pia said if you don't envisage yourself if you can't imagine yourself being there it will be incredibly difficult and i think i said that back on slide one or two so for those who've just joined us right at the beginning we spent some time thinking about where exactly do we want to be if money wasn't an option family providing for things for people wasn't an option if your mortgage rent was paid etc no barriers where exactly would we be where would we be in terms of, of, of work so you have to envisage you have to know what the challenges are and find solutions to them you have to understand your limiting behaviors and realize actually i'm going to put that aside uh, it's not going to affect me as I as I transition. You have to imagine, see yourself, yourself there. You know, I've, and for me, for people who do have a Christian faith, this is where their faith picks up. You hear all sorts of testimonies of people saying, you know, they went to buy their suit, not even having a job, or uh, they bought their white doctor's coat, you know, even though they went back to study medicine 20 years later or something. Um, whatever it, whatever that industry is, whatever that transition is for you, I would really encourage you to take a step of faith. Exactly what Pierre was saying about the brain, which is um, imagining yourself there, imagining yourself, actually, this is what I'd like to be. Create that environment, you know, so you don't have a home this year. It's in your living You know, remove every barrier that you see to where it is exactly that you want to be. Then we're preparing um, and we'll come to talk about um, the second point there, transferable skills shortly, but start to prepare, you know, start to prepare. How you speak in your job? Does it require you to speak differently? Does it require you to have a different set of skills, language skills? Start to prepare, start to practice. You know, lots of people want to go into um, entrepreneurship, you know, so if that's a friend of mine, um, she wants to own her own nail bar, I think. <laughs> I think that's her plan. So she started at home. She bought a table off Amazon, 10 pound table. She bought all the fake nails. Uh, she bought all the colors that you could think of. And she started. Now she's at the point, now she's drilling. Like, you know, sorry, men on the call. Um, but she's, she's, she's doing everything necessary. She's preparing, she's practicing on herself. She's reading books. There's a course she's going to take. She's just doing it. And this is all just on the side of her finance day job. <laughs> You know, so start to prepare yourself, you know, as, as we as you envisage to prepare your mind, you're now preparing yourself practically. And network. There are so many network 
uh, networking. I think there's sessions, events. There are, there are, you know, go onto Eventbrite. Uh, I think it's eventbrite.co.uk. Type in your your thing, your session, and you'll be amazed at how many things come up. So type in baking, type in entrepreneurship, type in physics, chemistry, whatever it is. Type it in, and you will see amazing things um, that will come up, and a lot of them are free. A, and now because everything's virtual, there's no need to keep traveling. You can do an hour in the morning on this and then an hour in the afternoon on that, just as you're all doing today um, and, and throughout today. Networking is really important. Finding people who are already where you want to be. Finding mentors, career coaches, all of those things. And so many of these things, I can't stress enough, are free. So if your barrier is finance, you know, it doesn't have to be because they're free. They're available. People want to give their services um, and share their skills with others. And finally, go. Um, I think uh, it was Goziam that said, just do it. Just do it. You know, there's lots of all these memes on social media. You know, what if you fail? But what if you fly? Oh my gosh. What if you get the career transition? What if five years time you are telling someone else about career transitioning? Now there's so many stats that say people are so desperate to, to transition that they're now going back to apprenticeships. You know, they're in their forties and their fifties. They're now going back to apprenticeships. Just do it. What's the worst that could happen? Especially now where there is, dare I say, a bit of liberty because of COVID. You know, you see all these uh, delivery companies saying, oh, we're so sorry because of COVID, um, we're delayed. Well, they were always rubbish with their deliveries anyway. Everyone's using career, <laughs> COVID as an excuse, you know. So to take that bit of liberty that you can afford to right now, you know, the government are giving out loans, okay? So, you know, and a lot of these are interest-free or, or low interest. So take advice, uh, advantage of it. Of course, do your research first, please. But just do it. Keep, put yourself, make goals, hit a target and do it. Tell yourself, okay, we're at the end of Q1 now. By the end of Q2, is that June, you would have done you would have done all your research. You would have known what your top four strengths are and what your top areas for development are. And in terms of the development, tell yourself you're going to find two courses that you will you will go on to help sharpen your skills. I hope that whole session again. This is this is only an hour. I can I usually do these things for a whole day. So if you're I hope that makes sense. And like I said, I will share my slides and there's so much out there on, on the internet, but I hope that process works. And like I said, your process will be individual to you and you may feel that actually you want to do the envisaging first before you explore. That's absolutely fine. And, and, and sometimes actually the envisaging does work, you know, because you're sitting there at work before you've even, even explored, you're just thinking of yourself as a, as a hairstylist, you know, as a nail technician, as a, as a banker, you know, you don't have any banking degree and yet you're thinking about it. That's part of the envisaging process. So absolutely it can come first. Yeah. Okay, so on slide, the two slides before, we spoke about transferable skills. These are incredibly important and they, it's important that you know what they are and what they mean. Uh, now, it will be different depending on the industry you want to go in, the sector you want to go into, what it is you want to do. And some of them are, uh, um, what's the word? They are generic, so they will be in every sort of industry. But what they are is any skill that you can take from one place to another. Which is why, the, for me, the apt example of being a stay-at-home parent, 
there are transferable skills and if you've been at home there are transferable skills like i said uh, uh problem solving is a massive transferable skill if, if you're a parent you will you will know thinking quick on your feet is a transferable skill multitasking is a transferable skill so it's just finding out because you know i interview some people you know some you know i say so what can you bring to this role and there that's the question they say uh what uh, uh so do your research beforehand at what are the skills that this job needs what are the skills that i have that i've acquired how can they meet and marry up and and, and there's, i think there's a the next session that will talk about interview skills and how you you you, you show those, those skills and display them at interview and i won't read all of them we've spoken about problem making decision making critical thinking is, is, is huge and it's everywhere. Planning is everywhere. Give me one, you know, one career that you don't have to plan, one job that you don't have to plan. There are technical skills, so that's on the, um, that's my right-hand side. And again, this will be specific to what it is that you are doing or want to do. These are things that you will have to maybe find a course for, go and find a course for. And then the, the one in the middle are values. Um, some people call them skills, some people call them values. I'd like to term them as, as, as values. There are things that people should have. You know, I, like I said, I interview a lot of people and, and I find it weird if you want to be in HR, for example, people role and you don't have empathy, you don't have people skills. Um, you want to work in banking and you are not, you don't operate with integrity. Um, there are some that we now have to have because of COVID. You need to be flexible. One minute you're going to be working from home, the next minute they're going to tell you, do this. The, you know, you have to be able to adapt and be resilient to that change coming. So many people are at the top of their game and they are not kind. It just baffled me. But some people don't have that skill. They don't have that value. They don't possess that. If that's something you realize, you know, through your research that you don't have, you're not as kind as you think you should be, you know, I would, I would encourage you to be kind, find ways of being kind. Some people are just not professional and I don't, for me personally, I don't care what profession you are in uh, or industry or sector, you have to be professional in how you approach, how you communicate, how you interact, how you present yourself. So, keep a hold of those skills like i said that you know practical ways of, of of doing this is finding a job description you know the perfect job description oh my god like i said if this was the perfect job for you look on usually it's on the second page and it's it's called person specification they are the, the company's telling you what it is that they want you to have you know so it must be a team worker team player must be able to listen and solve problems and then you know relate those skills to you and to what you've been doing um before So these are some of the, and they're not all. Um, so please, if, if, I've, if I've missed one out, it's not everything that is on here, but some top sectors and industry companies that are hiring at the moment, that are, that are, that, are that, that have gaps and need those gaps filled. NHS, that is a given. Uh, they didn't have enough uh, workers before the pandemic. Um, 
health, well-being, social care, public health is huge. Government policy, public policy is huge at the moment. A lot of my work is also with the government. Um, you know, by the time someone, an advisor has drafted a policy, by the time they take the policy to um, the, whoever it is that they're taking, you know, policy's changed. It's constantly changing. And so there is definitely need in, in that in, in that industry, in that sector, in that area of government. Tech firms, you know, my husband works for a tech firm. And I remember the early days of lockdown, maybe April, May, he, they were hiring administrators and receptionists. You know, everyone was laying people off and putting on people on furlough. They were hiring. So there are jobs out there. Finance is huge. I think finance, HR, one or two areas that have not been heavily furloughed as, as other areas have been. Childcare consulting, you know, there are so many problems now. <laughs> they need people to solve these problems. What are they going to do with all the massive offices that they've spent a lot of money on and people are working from home? How will they do that? How will they solve that out? Solve that, sorry. Training, environment, consumer product sales. We have bought more last year and this year than we have in the last 10 years is, is, is apparently the, 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 the figure that I've heard. I don't know the exact figure, but combined it's been more. We have spent so much money. Um, and if you've seen the shares in Amazon, or you have shares in Amazon, well done. <laughs> um, you know, things like Tesco, etc. they've seen such a huge rise in their profits because we've been at home, you know, and we've been buying and buying and buying, as even though people have been, unfortunately, losing their jobs. Can I add one more sector to this that we've missed off, and I think this is my yeah. fault, is the charity not-for-profit sector. Okay. It is one that a lot of people don't ever think about, but there are a lot of vacancies. And it is one that irrespective of whether you're coming from the public or private sector is sometimes the easier, um, depending on where you're coming from, it's easy to transition into because it's kind of like a midway point between the two sectors. So they would look at people from, um, from any sector. It's a bit more, it's easier for some people. So that's another one that when you're looking do not avoid the charity sector. There's lots of misconceptions about what the charity sector mm -hmm. is like as well, um, which is another thing that we have, to, we can, we will go to, I'm sure in questions. Um, a lot of people have created images in their minds as to what the different sectors actually entail and why they can't um, um, transition into these sectors. So those are some of the barriers that Tammy was talking about is we have misconceptions mm that we've either heard through other people's testimonials. And sometimes these are people that haven't even worked in these sectors that kind of create blockages to you even thinking about transitioning into that sector. So we need to work on removing those blockages, those images, those misconce those myths that people have built up in our minds. So Absolutely. in my head, honestly, like Tammy said earlier, there isn't any sector that you couldn't transition to there is nothing that can make you not change unless you do not want to you have that power and only you have that power but yeah absolutely thank you so much thank you thank you for that cool i think this is your last slide isn't it this yeah. is so i hope i have broken some myths uh, with that i hope that i have given you that sort of push to really think about um where it is you think you are meant to be um, and that you have at least some sort of starting point as to how to now get there but thank you um, and Steve we're going to questions now yes and I have a few questions for you um, okay. the first one is 
based on something you said earlier, someone was asking, mm -hmm. is financial commitment not a factor in a career transition, as well as age and other factors? How should you respond? Because you basically said mm -hmm. quite categorically that anybody can transition. So now we're questioning <laughs> your, your <laughs> statement. <laughs> so thank you, whoever sent that in, and very, very right to, to question that. I think we have to take this with a uh, some, some reality salt um, into this. Um, I think the important thing is when you are envisaging, you don't block yourself. Because we have seen many testimonies, we've seen many, um, uh, you know, uh, lights, you know, people that will be a light in a particular area. I've heard of people that are in their late 40s going back to study medicine for the first time. So I think it's important not to see things as barriers and to work around them. So the challenges you see to actually work around. But of course, if you have a mortgage to pay, please, Temidao is not telling you to call Barclays and say, I'm career transitioning. Da, da, da. So it is important, you know, if you have children or a spouse, of course they're important. But I think it's more important to have the questions, um, sorry, to sit down and have the discussions, maybe with your spouse, with your family, saying, you know what, I really want to do this. How can we make it happen? Um, I don't know an age limit on any job, so maybe someone else can um, can tell me. Um, I don't know. I think I remember being in in a service of some sort, and someone got their degree at seventy two or something like that. I yeah. remember the man standing up. PhD. Who's a PhD? I, I, yeah, something. So for me, it's not. Um, can I just add to that while well, she's me. getting herself back? Um, I think the key in everything that... Can anybody hear? Oh, Kofu seems to have frozen. Timmy D, are you there? Yeah, Timmy D, you're there. Kofu has frozen. I'm here. Okay. Yeah, you're here. Go ahead, Timmy. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if he got his PhD at 72, I'm not aware of just what the barrier is. Now, if you're 72, for example, now what you would need to do is to say to yourself, okay, maybe I might not be as a fast learner as other people, so I need to start my dissertation earlier. You know, maybe I have kids to look after, and so I know that I can't go to classes between this time. I'm going to have to do catching up. So I think it's about knowing what the challenges are and then seeing what, how you can navigate those challenges rather than say, oh, you know what, I'm too old. Well, I've got a mortgage, so, you know. That's, that's out of the window. But they are absolutely important. We just have to navigate them. Otherwise, nothing will ever get done, you know? Okay, um, fantastic. You've kind, of answered, you've kind of answered the second question as well, which says, um, how can someone who is already retired and in their 70s, how can they tra um, career transition into medical, the medical field, for instance? So I guess what you're saying is they just need to take off the barriers. Yeah. And, and research. I think they even give grants to people who are 60 and over to do to go back and study. Oh, wow. okay. so, so please research that. I know if you're 60, you get um, uh, you're able to get a grant and a loan from the government to be able to go into study. So please do that. I know a lot of my 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 mummies have done that. Um, so so please. Um, the government recognizes that people are working and staying older for longer and they need to find a way to to. Um, to entice those people, you know, to continue learning, yeah. you know, so absolutely. Um, Fantastic. Thank you. The next question was actually addressed at Gozem, but you can probably um, respond to it. And it was based on what she was saying. So the question was, how would you, how would that, you know, she was talking about how she's transitioned within her career. Um, and the question is, how would that promote effectiveness? Is it specialization? 
how would what promote effectiveness? You know, when Gozema was talking, she was talking about how she's got a light bulb moment where yes. she's transitioning without leaving her work, you know, yes, without yes, changing. Yeah, okay, so I okay, think that's what I've they're referring it. to. Okay, okay. Um, so for, for many people that work in a, in a large organization, you have many jobs in there, you know, and it's that's that's one of the advantages of, of, a, of a large organization. Your first kind of, uh, for most people, is their line manager. And for most people, they have one-to-ones and catch-up sessions. Um, some people have appraisals um, or other type of sort of performance management meetings or um, development sessions. Use those sessions. Don't come to those sessions unprepared. So I'm hoping or assuming what Gozium did was she was like, you know what, I need to do something else. What is the, co- what is the need in the cut co- that my company has? Actually, my job does this. But if I did this, we'll be a lot more efficient. So it's about seeing where those loopholes are. And if you remember that quote back to the beginning, it is where your deep gladness meets the hunger. So it, I think it was talking about the hunger of a nation, but if we think about the hunger of your organization, for many of you, you're involved in conversations at work and you hear what the issues are. Well, you know, we, never, we don't meet that target. Um, we, we're, we're not at the right place in the market. We need to do this. We need, to, we need more capital. You will hear the conversations at work about where the need is. So question to yourself is how can you fill that need? And then can talk to your to line that? manager about can I add to that? I think another way, because that's also way, um, when I started, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I always knew I wanted to work in HR. Um, and when I started work, I started in a generic <clears throat> admin role. But what I then did, if you if we go back to the slides, one of the things that TMD references is networking, is I started to align myself with the HR team and get to know them. And then I started volunteering my time with HR and slowly got to obviously know how it worked and transitioned myself into the role that I wanted. I was still working full time, but I created extra time so that I could learn what I really wanted to do. And, you know, it worked. And I I eventually got a job offer within that section. Um, And well, the rest is history, as I say, but that's also one way to do it within the organization that you're working in is align yourself with the department that you want to work with. Like Timmy D said, yes, absolutely take, um, talk to your line manager and off, bring your, put yourself forward for projects as well. That's another way of doing it. There are many different ways you can start to transition into what you want to do. Um, But don't be silent is the key. And if your manager is the bulk, then way to I don't want to say go around but one keep bringing it bringing it up you know your the organization will love you if you're doing something that you're not being paid for and this is what Koffer was saying in terms of picking up extra work they will love it so they're, they're not going to shoot you down for it it's again I think just finding that need um, and applying yourself to, to, to that to that brilliant thank you and the last question that I have here um says what do you do if you have been in a career or field for over 20 years and you do not know any other thing or way to go you're no longer happy with where you are and what you're doing but you really have no idea of what else you can do because this career is all that you know so i think it is you know and and i could i i could be really specific in detail but we don't have uh, the time um i think i would go back to the stages where you start to envisage because if you don't envisage where it is you want to be, if you don't know where it is you want to be, then you're, you're still going to be stuck. So it's about finding what do you want to do. So you've been in banking for 20 years and you suddenly want to open up a nursery. 
wow, completely different. And probably the only transferable skill there would be maybe if you are a parent yourself or whether finance, you know, nursery needs to earn money. So maybe there's some finance skills there. But start envisaging what you want to do. You know, write it on your bathroom if you have to. I am the owner of a nursery. All of those things really help with your mind because you are telling your mind what it is you want to do and you're putting away every sort of uh, negativity and challenge aside. Mm. Uh, back to Pierre's point. Secondly, start the research. How possible is this? You know, just type in Google how to open your nursery. You'll be surprised with what comes up because many have put it, have, you know, have, um, have researched that point before. So yes, if you've done something for a long time, if you're stuck in that right, if that's all you know, that's all you think you know how to do. There are many things I'm sure you know that's how to true. do because yeah. you have friends, you network, you might go to uh, church where you do other things in church. So it's not all you know how to do. But many of us are, are just so uh, siloed in our thinking that you think career, anything I can do. But when you start to build a picture of who you are, which maybe this is, goes back to some of the personality tests. Oh, I'm quite a friendly person. Okay. Oh, I love children. So, so banking is not all you know how to do. You know, that specific thing is not all you know how to do. Again, you're limiting yourself. And we can learn. Like I said, there's so many opportunities to learn, learn for free. Um, and at some point, you're going to tell yourself, right, I'm ready to take a course in childcare now. Yeah. I'm going to add to that as well um, to say absolutely that is one way to go and if when you have done all of those things you're still struggling because it's possible there are career coaches out there these are people who would invest time with you and talk you through do some of these tests that Tammy is talking about and sometimes help to change your thinking because sometimes all you need to do is free your mind because you have built up so many of these barriers and you have told yourself there's no way I can do these things. What a career coach could do, what someone like Temi, Kofo, Uzo, a lot of people in HR training would do as well is help you to free your mind, to start thinking about how to utilize those skills. Because again, you have limited yourself and you don't know how, to, how those skills are transferable. So you can use a career coach. That's another route if you're, you are really, really struggling and every other um, tool hasn't worked. Okay, brilliant. Um, yeah. I have a couple of comments that were made. Um, someone said, check your natural talents and research how you can monetize things that come naturally to you. Yeah. Um, someone else said, I think we need to factor in people who have been ill and who will need time to get better in Jesus name before they can get back to work. So they may also want to change career. So let's comment. Did you, in sorry, you going to say something? I say something that absolutely yeah. there is that, um, but you also have to, that, that again is going back to what we're saying when you are sometimes creating limitations for yourself. What is the illness? Because in this world that we are in now, um, where you can work from home and there are things that you can do, there might still be other things that you could start getting yourself involved in training, um, webinars. There are things you could still be doing where you are preparing yourself for that job. So you are not just doing nothing. You're giving yourself life. You're giving yourself hope to get to where you want to. That can sometimes help with our healing because you are building a picture of your tomorrow. You're not giving up. Train, attend webinars, learn. You could do that in bed. If you want to very valid point very valid point um okay so this one now you need to be completely honest i'm not implying that you haven't been honest so far but as hr personnel 
What do HR personnel really and honestly think of older applicants, especially when oh. transitioning into a different industry without experience, etc.? Ah, I will use myself as an example. Um, <laughs> my um, current HR manager started work with me maybe four or five years ago. When I say older, I'm going to, she's in the 40 bracket. So that's not like the 70s, but I'll use that as an example. But before she joined me, she hadn't worked in seven years. Now, at the interview, the very, I could have said, oh, well, you don't have current experience. You don't have all of these things. So therefore I cannot um, recruit you. But I saw passion. I saw understanding. I saw willingness to learn. And those to me were things that I could work with. So it was a risk I was willing to take. And so therefore I did, and I haven't regretted it. When it comes to age, honestly, from my perspective, I don't look at age because sometimes the older person is actually the best suited person for the role because of the experience that they have. I don't place those limitations on them. And it, but it does take some education when it comes to unconscious bias of employees. And I understand that, but it's, it's not a limitation as it once was, if you are keeping up to date with what is going on, yeah, there is no reason why you can't transition. Yeah. I line managed someone who was, uh, <laughs> James, he was 76 and he was probably one of the best employees I've ever had. This tenacity, this spirit in him, oh, wow. uh, this like, you know, like I said, the passion, the zeal that he had, the ability to make all of us laugh um so I generally and personally and I can't speak for everyone in HR but like Koko said a lot of people do have unconscious bias um mm -hmm. in those places you don't want to work there anyway uh, is what I say um but uh, absolutely if I saw someone that is coming to me with an odd CV background you know the CVs different places you know for me that's interesting it just makes the person more interesting and I definitely want to listen to that person um and, and their background and their history so honestly no problem <laughs> i guess it's the same as really, when you think really about degrees i'm i'm not a it's weird if if i have two applicants somebody that has a first class degree and i have someone that has a 2-2 for example i am more interested in the person that has a 2-2 because it's not like you can't do it but you have picked up other skills along the way so you're a bit more rounded in my mind sometimes you have more personable skills more transferable skills because you have learned you've lived life as well so it's not like you can't get a first we could all get a first if you want to so it all depends on what industry you're going to don't think don't limit yourself with degrees to say oh because i didn't get a first i can't definitely be a director that's a lie <laughs> that's a lie we place on ourselves oh because i didn't get a one one or i didn't get a phd i can't work in this industry those are lies that society has told us and we have believed or the biggest one right now, because I'm black. Again, let's remove that glass ceiling from our minds. You can be wherever you want to be. Timmy is not a director today. I'm not head of HR because I, because of my color. It's because I fought and I believed I could do it. And I surrounded myself with people that believed I could do it. And I did. And Fantastic. I'm not at the end of my journey. So yes. let's yeah. remove those barriers from our minds. Okay, you've kind of answered one question, which is how do I get a job if I have a huge gap in my CV, like a 10 year gap? You've sort of touched on that. I don't know if you well, want to. Well, you, you could further. go a bit further in that 
you can have a good, one of the best things to do on your CV when you have a gap like that is explain the gap. What did you do in that time? Um, were you a full-time parent? Did you do some courses? Did you do, um, what else did you do? You can, you can still have that gap, but let people know on your CV what was happening in that time. Um, and, Wait, and, so are you saying to put what was happening, so put yeah. that in the CV? Not, Why not? Okay. Why not? We feel like the only thing we can put in CVs is the jobs that we have done. Absolutely not. Put what you did in that time. Say I had a I had a two year gap because I had a child, but I also did this, this, and this. It's fine. It is life. It is totally acceptable. For example, we already know for the next two years we are going to for the next two three years we are going to have a lot of CVs of people that had twenty twenty blank. Yeah. Yeah. But how yeah. did you utilize that time? Mm. How did okay. you utilize that time? Okay, I'm just aware of time. So I'm going to one last question and then we need to close out. So the question is, how do you approach career transition given competition? So each candidate is viewed on a relative basis. Does those with more transferable skills or closely related experiences will possess an advantage? So on one hand, you could say, we'll get more skills then. If you already know that you, you know, if the company's looking for 10 skills and you have five, surely the first thing to do would be to try and acquire the five but this it goes back to the envisage for me you have to see yourself in i don't know if you've seen that picture where there's a cat and he looks at himself in the mirror and he can see a, a lion. lion yeah you have to think of yourself as the best and this is why statistically men do better at job interviews than women because men go in there with i'm great i can do this you know i've been doing this for 10 years i'm i'm amazing you know even if they haven't done anything they can make they can you know gift of the gab um, and this is not my opinion. This is this is proven. It's fact. fact. Whereas women, well, you know, um, I can't do those I'm two like, things. I can't do those, but I can. You know, we have to see ourselves as where we want to be. You know, you know. I remember when I got to my job three years ago, I said to myself, "I'm going to become Lady Temi Dial. I'm going to be knighted, and I'm going to be Lady." Three years later, I'm on that journey. <laughs> You have to, you have to tell yourself, you have to speak yeah. to yourself, you have to encourage yourself, motivate. So if you don't have those skills, you know that you have a gap. One, fill the gap. Two, not everybody is the same. So find out what makes you unique and sell that uniqueness to the person you are interviewing. For those who are in entrepreneurship, if you have a unique selling point, there are so many different breads. I get so confused in Tesco because the bread <laughs> is just, you know, and there's even different sliced breads not to talk of brioche bread and um, the baguette bread, you know, there's so many, but they all make millions. They all do really well, you know, yeah. they all are off the shelf, you know, different types of toilet roll, they still do the same thing. <laughs> you know, toothpaste, again, my husband is always confused, which toothpaste do I buy? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so there is plenty of uh, space. I think that the saying is that your gifts will make room for you. Your uniqueness will make room for you. For those who are of a faith, you were created uniquely by God. He's put a certain specific set of skills. And just because you are efficient, like a hundred million other people, your efficiency and the way you are efficient is different from someone else. And people will see that uniqueness. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies. Okay, um, a comment that was um, put was sent to me, basically someone saying that last week PwC told them that they're looking for a large number of consultants at all levels. They have recently won a number of bids and are currently recruiting. So if you want to transition into PwC, now is your chance. Thank you very much, Kofo and Temi Dayo, for a fantastic session. We're now going to go on a break for four 
15 minutes and we will be back with our next session, which is entrepreneurship as a calling.